Hello, if we haven't met, my name is Christine Carmichael. You know, two weeks ago, Pastor Hope shared with us a vision in this season of Lynn of what it means to love God with our whole selves. Hope spoke about living a life of embodied faith by loving God with all that we have and with all that we are. And her message reminded me of the embodied and unwavering faith Mary Magdalene must have had when she followed Jesus to the crucifixion. I imagine what it must have been like for Mary Magdalene and the other disciples who followed the crucifixion walk to bear witness to an undeserving and very tortured Jesus. Mary Magdalene would have had to have been traumatized to witness the death of the very person who had given her so much and healed her mental and physical illnesses, and the relationship she had with Jesus would have had to have changed her life forever. Hope's sermon was followed last week with an affirmation from Michael Steger about pruning life's worries and offering our whole hearts, or our love, to God by turning those worries over to Him and trusting Him with our future. Michael then spoke about the effects of worry and anxiety and and the trauma that they cause the body. And just as Mary Magdalene had trusted Jesus with her healing, Michael, too, shared his own journey of how he drew from his faith to help with his healing. If you were listening closely, though, you also heard Michael speak about deliberate actions like exercise, weight loss, and healthy eating that he personally chose to take on in order to be an active participant in his own journey. Now, building on Michael's message of relying on faith and trust in God to prune worry, you too may be searching for some ways in your own personal journey to take leaps of faith and to embody God more fully. What this means, though, is that, just like Michael, you're going to need to turn that faith into action and have a personal relationship with God that is mutually supportive, caring, and loving. It is around this mutual exchange that I bring us back to the foundation of this sermon series, the Hebrew prayer we read in Deuteronomy called the Shema. As a reminder, the prayer, when translated into English, goes something like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, and as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mayod. You, you're probably thinking, wait, what, Christine? That's not how the Shema ends. The conclusion actually reads, love the Lord your God with all your strength. Remember, this is a prayer we've translated from Hebrew into English. And when we dive into the word mayod just a bit, we find mayod referenced over 300 times in the Bible. And it's a Hebrew word that when loosely translated into English is actually our adverb, very or much. We see Mayod referenced in places in Genesis when we read, God saw all that he had made, and it was Mayod good. And then later in Genesis, in the story of Noah, when we read about the floodwaters and how they kept rising, the storm was Mayod powerful. In fact, the only time the word Mayod means strength in the Bible is in the Shema itself. But as we dive into its meaning in the context of what the Shema is asking from us, we see that Mayod is very specifically chosen in that particular spot 
to express that we are to love God with all our muchness or with bold action when we love the Lord our God with all our strength. When I speak of muchness or mayod love, I'm talking about actionable love. I'm talking about the kind of unwavering and actionable love Mary Magdalene had for Jesus. I'm talking about the kind of love that is a relationship sort of love, a love that is two-way, a love that is reciprocal. You may never have enough time or resources, and we may even be asked from time to time to step outside our comfort zone, but all of us have some sort of God-given muchness gifts to offer. The secret is to figure out what we're uniquely being called to do based on our capacity, maybe at certain times in our lives, our talents, our preferences, and even our experiences. In short, though, God is extending an invitation to us to ask ourselves what our mayod or our muchness or our spiritual gifts actually are, and then through prayer and discernment, figure out the best way to apply mayod to serving God's people and His church. And that's where my conversation with you begins today as I share my personal muchness story and journey. Now, I realize that talking to you today about taking steps in your leaps of faith means that I first must prove to you that you can take a leap of faith in me and trust that I am both honest and transparent with you. So as I share with you some of my personal stories and some stories about a few of our good friends here at church, I just want to cover at the top that you have my and God's full permission to acknowledge that at certain times, skills may be outside of your spiritual gift wheelhouse, and you are allowed to say no to an ask. I'm going to give you an example of something I guarantee 99% of you would say no to. But I was foolish enough to not only answer affirmatively, but to actually plant the seed. You see, there are a couple of acts of service I do here at Vavumsi during our 11:15 worship hour. About every six or seven weeks or so, Carol and Jennifer put me on the calendar to be the scripture lay reader and the communion server for the week. Now, normally, I don't do these two tasks in the same week. And so a few weeks ago, when Carol reached out to say that she'd added me to the lay reader schedule that Sunday, I didn't flinch. I did notice that the reading that week was particularly long and had lots of words that were hard to pronounce. But that seems to be the norm for me. Carol does it to me all the time. Let me also point out, for reasons that remain totally confusing to me, I get assigned scripture that pertains to topics like, you know, uncomfortable stuff like circumcision that would make most of us squirm. Along about Wednesday of that week, though, Jennifer comes behind Carol and she shot me an email explaining that a couple who were on deck to serve communion were recovering from COVID and were estimating that on Sunday they'd still be contagious. And she asked if I'd be willing to help out on Sunday. So, of course, I told Jennifer yes. But then on Friday, you know, Carol came behind Jennifer and she let me know that there was going to be a special announcement that Sunday that I needed to also make and said that I was going to have to move away from the podium, go into the back just a little bit and come back and do the special announcement. So she encouraged me to hang out, you know, at the back of the stage and come back up at the right time. 
Well, Sunday came along, and knowing I'd have a lot of back-and-forth walking to do, I planted myself near the front of the centrum right behind Owen and Hope. When, suddenly, Owen turns around and says to me, Hey, I see you're all over the lineup this morning, and I just want to say thank you. Your spiritual gifts are really appreciated this morning, Christine, he said. Well, Crazy Me responds, Hey, Owen, if you'd like to go ahead and just cut out early and have lunch with Chambliss and the kids, I'm glad to do the sermon for you this morning, too. I don't know what I was thinking when I jokingly made that comment, but here I am. So my warning to you is if public speaking is not in your wheelhouse, don't ever joke with Owen about it. Remember, I said God, not Owen, is okay with a no. On a more serious note, though, I do want to spend a few minutes sharing some key timelines and service points along my personal spiritual gifts journey. And my reason for doing so is to show you that whatever point you are in your personal journey, you're really perfectly normal. We joined the church in 2008 during a time when I was changing career paths and leaving a company and friends I'd been with for over 16 years. And back home, we were raising three young children who were 14, 11, and 8 at the time. Remember Michael's talk about stress and anxiety? Well, in 2008, that was definitely my story, and our family needed church. First, we worked hard to get our kids engaged, and then my husband James and I connected with the Clay Sunday School class. If you don't know anything about Clay, it's an acronym for Christians Learning and Yearning, and honestly, the yearning part of their name had me out of the gate. For 10 years or so, James and I primarily served the church exclusively through the lens and on the backs of the clay class, extending our mayo through tithing and a wee bit of volunteer time through projects that the clay class was doing, like Meals on Wheels and Band of Brothers, fundraising at the NC State Fair, sponsoring school programs in the clothing closet, etc., what we liked about the clay class, though, is that they were most definitely people of action, even in times when I might not have had the ability to be a person of action, the clay class was. This class also contained people, though, like Leon and Zella Bracey. You want to talk about ma'od and muchness? Leon and Zella don't just say ma'od muchness, they scream it. Just before COVID hit in 2020, Zella had retired and she was looking for a project. I can just see Leon's face now when Zella says, Hey, Leon, I'm looking for a project because Zella runs at a pace of about 100 miles an hour and she is on fire. With Leon's construction skills and Zella's heart of Maud, the two of them set out on a mission to make sure all kids in Southwest Wake County have a bed to sleep in so that they can be well-rested and be ready to learn at school the next day. It was around this mission that Leon and Zella started the Sleep in Heavenly Peace program. The only problem was that Zella began her fire a few weeks before COVID hit. Yes, you heard me right. They were trying to launch a major mission of fundraising, finding sponsorship organizations and qualifying families in need, when the county and pretty much the whole country shut down. But with grandiose Maud vision, they not only survived COVID, they thrived. And this month, I'm so proud and honored to announce that they're going to deliver their 1,000th bed to kids in this part of our county. This is Maud's strength, 
But remember, James and I were supportive of missions like this, but we weren't necessarily leading anything special. But then in 2018, and while looking at an empty nest that still to this day makes this mama emotional, Bobby Rackley asked us to consider leading a Wednesday night community group. Bobby, by the way, is one of our most wonderful, or was one of our most wonderful associate pastors at the time. Bobby's request, while timely and much needed in terms of the growth that we were seeing here at the church at the time, was way outside our comfort zone. But thankfully, we embarrassed ourselves in front of just three other couples that first year. And today, all three of those couples have remained our good friends. Boy, we were awkward. With six years of experience under our belts now, though, Today, we have around 20 people in our class, and those faces change from year to year. Everyone is welcome in our class, but it's interesting that this class has served as a wonderful landing place for couples who have just joined our church and are looking to get get connected. I'm particularly proud to say that our Wednesday night group has spawned three other community groups at last count. And while I'm talking about my ode and being afraid, I just have to mention just one very special couple in our class, and that is John and Brooke Bryant. You're going to hear Brooke next week in a video, and I don't want to steal her thunder right now, but just know the Bryants have spent the last 30-plus years working as full-time Bible translators in war-torn countries while raising their three children or their children um, in huts during a major portion of that time. You want to talk about insecurity and fear? How would you feel to lead a community group doing Bible studies with Bible translation professionals in your class, like Brooke and John? But what a gift the two of them have been to us. Fast forwarding, last year our Wednesday night class participated in Core 1 and Core 2, and that training helped our group identify our spiritual gifts. With our spiritual gifts highlighted, I'm pretty sure every single person in our class is serving now with at least one of our missions and leadership teams. By the way, and not surprisingly, my personal gifts are faith, prophecy, wisdom, and servicehood. In 2019, though, Owen invited me to join the SPRC, and this was the first time I had ever served on a major team or committee at Favumzi. SPRC is an acronym for Staff Parish Relations Committee, and you can think of us as a human resources arm of the church, and the SPRC proved to be an excellent fit for my skill set. At the time, I was working as a marketing executive at one of the world's largest workforce management and human capital management firms. My human resources knowledge came in really handy on that committee. While serving on the SPRC, I connected with Pastor Hope, too, and a few months ahead of COVID, Hope reached out to me about serving on the venue team. Now, at the time, the venue team was very early in its vision, and our mission was somewhat squishy, to be honest with you, but one of the things we were charged with was figuring out ways to attract new families and getting them engaged in the church through online services and social activities. Just as the SPRC was unknowingly a good fit at the time, 
that I'd been extended the invitation, the venue team proved to be a mode alignment with my skill set too. Remember, I had been a marketing executive, so I knew all about what connects and retains people in organizations. I'm not going to go too long into the story, but as you can imagine, with COVID hitting just as the venue team was getting into a groove, my leadership and management training was an asset to, to coaching Hope and the venue team on how to pivot quickly when unforeseen factors like COVID cause you to to change your course. In the midst of serving on the venue team, I rolled off my three-year assignment with the SPRC. And two years ago, Brandon Schreiner reached out to me about serving on church council. Church council is involved in the mission and ministries here at the church, in case you don't know. Last year, Owen floated the idea of me leading church council. And this is where I go back and tell you that it's safe to say no. I told Owen my passion was in supporting the new programs that Hope was trying to launch, and I was worried that I'd be stretched too thin. I'm so, so glad I told Owen no, and I know that our God worked his way, because I'm so happy to say that the leadership position now sits with the most wonderful Carol Gibson. To me, Carol is another Maode story, because you see, Carol actually had more reason to tell Owen no than I did. Carol's husband, Jerry, was nearing the end of his life, and he needed Carol by his side. The talents, though, that we only suspected Carol had, Jerry absolutely knew she had, and with prompting from Jerry, their family, and many of Carol's other friends here at church, she thankfully said yes to being the leader for church council. Carol told us out of the gate that she didn't necessarily have the technology skills and some of the other skills that might be needed to do the job, but that's when the equally wonderful Ricky Therrington promised Carol that he would supplement whatever areas weren't necessarily her strengths. Today, I'm certain that Jerry is looking on the other side of heaven, rooting for Carol. I know I am. And finally, in the last year, and now that we are on the other side of COVID, The venue team has expanded, and Hope asked all of us to consider branching into the pieces of the venue team where we felt most excelling. For me, it was the social portion of the team, the piece where we host cookouts and things like ice cream socials, chili and game nights, taco and game nights, etc. So when you hear Owen and Hope announcing these events and offering ways for our existing members and new visitors to get connected, I'm one of the people leading a wonderful group of men and women who put those events together, and we have a lot of fun. Our new group, by the way, is called the Back Porch Team. But my story doesn't end there. You see, there's another half to the Carmichael team here at church, and that's my husband, James. They say opposites attract, and oh boy, is that our story. James has his own unique skills and talents, though, and he's definitely the more introverted and highly intelligent side of our equation. As James ran with me serving in many of the capacities I just mentioned, it took Owen, Hope, Shelby, and Gabby a red-hot minute to spot James's Mayo, too. Today, James serves on a large number of teams, but hands down, James's favorite thing to do and quite Possibly his favorite thing to do in the whole world outside of NC State sports is to serve as an usher during the 1115 service. 
James truly loves his usher friends. And I share James's story here just to show you that living out your spiritual gifts is contagious. So what does it mean to love the Lord with our mayod or muchness? The Shema prayer commands us to love God with the things that make us strong. We are to love him with our accomplishments, but we are also commanded to love God with our God-given gifts, meaning our unique talents and spiritual gifts. We need to look no further than the Savior's words during these 40 days of Lent to provide a wonderful roadmap for us as we contemplate the assurance he gives us through his resurrection. He gave at least three highly significant messages to his disciples that he wants all of us to follow too. First, he showed us that his, in his resurrection that it, it was real and that we are all inheritors of his gifts. Second, he showed us that his atonement was finalized, but that there would be requirements like the giving of our spiritual gifts for us to fully participate in its blessings. And finally, as his disciples, we are responsible to carry the message of his gospel here within our church and our community and in the world at large. So my challenge to you is to assess your talents and to put your muchness or ma'od into action and to love God with them. When you do, quite often things flow naturally and easily and you will actually enjoy the work and the friends you'll make along the way. Hi, my name is Kathy Olson, and I am the coordinator for the Main Street Kitchen Ministry here at Fuquay Verena United Methodist Church. Back in 2019, there was a calling for a driver coordinator, and when I saw the notification that they were looking for it, I heard that little voice in my head telling me, hey, your friends and family tell you you're a good coordinator and good planner, you could do that. And I kind of shoved it down and ignored it. And then I heard it again and I saw it again and I kept getting that little nagging voice. And I finally decided, well, at least you can ask for some information and get more information about it. Next thing you know, I'm the driver coordinator for Main Street Kitchen. In 2020, when COVID hit, the uh, kitchen was no longer able to prepare meals because the building had to close and everything moved online. So we had to figure out a way to get around that. And I asked the question, what are we going to do? That led to preparing meals outside of the kitchen through catering. And a couple months after COVID hit, I got a phone call asking if I could kind of take it over during COVID so that the COVID response team could focus in other areas. I said, sure, I'll be happy to help, thinking, okay, a couple months. Well, here we are. And five years later, I'm still doing it, still coordinating for Main Street Kitchen. But it's been a good thing. Uh, the challenge of trying to get back in the kitchen was hard. I had never done cooking for that kind of quantity of people before. I wanted to quit. But I kept feeling that nag, that little voice saying, you're organized, you can plan, you can do this. And it was because of that little voice and because of the encouragement of friends and family telling me about my gifts and talents, even though I didn't always see it in myself, that I was able to continue to do the work that Main Street Kitchen needed to keep it going. And 
I learned after that that God knows that when he's putting us there, he knows it's going to be hard, but he knows our talents and our gifts and our muchness even better than we do. And that's why he puts us there. He knows that we can overcome those hurdles and those challenges. It's getting over the fear of failure that holds us back. Uh, But we need to trust that God has got it. And through that, you'll be able to do God's work and feel the reward of your accomplishments. In my case, it's knowing that I'm helping to make a difference in my community and providing a basic need. So try not to be afraid and instead remember that when your friends and family and God are telling you what you're good at, that's your muchness. 